0: Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, Certified Career Coach and Job Search Advisor with iHire.
1: iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire.
0: Today's guest is tech entrepreneur, Jessica Chang. She is the CEO and co-founder of We Care, and that's W-E-E-C-A-R-E. And they are the largest childcare network in the country. Jessica is a mom of two and a committed early childhood educator who is set on solving the childcare crisis in America. In addition to being a graduate of UC Berkeley, she runs a preschool in Los Angeles. I caught up with Jessica at the Society for Human Resource Management National Convention in New Orleans, and we talked about some shocking childcare statistics her company found when doing a national survey of working families.
1: Here are the latest trends, topics, and tips that will help you in your job search.
0: The search for childcare is one of the most stressful parts of parenthood. And if your childcare isn't dependable, it can really take a mental, emotional, and financial toll on your life. My hat is off to all those parents who worked from home during the COVID lockdown and homeschooled their kids and kept the younger ones busy because the daycares were closed. You're amazing. I have no idea how you did it. Before working from home was popular, I kept my three kids home during the summer because finding a sitter even back then was difficult. And it never failed. As soon as I picked up the telephone, someone would pick a fight and I would be in the other room giving them that stare that said, oh, you are in so much trouble when I get off this phone. But they knew I was totally helpless in that moment. But our childcare problems were over once we found Rhonda. I love Rhonda to this day because she cared for my kids like her own. I recently asked her if she had kept any count of the number of children that she had cared for over the years, and she hasn't kept count, but we're guessing it's between 500 and a 1,000. We were so lucky and fortunate to find someone who devoted her life to caring for other people's kids. But some families aren't that lucky. They struggle to juggle sitters and work. Most childcare facilities have a waiting list that's a mile long, and finding someone to care for an infant is really tough. Hopefully the days of school's and daycares closing because of COVID are over. But you never know. Schools are starting here again soon, and I know the parents that I have in my family are all keeping their fingers crossed that everyone stays well. And then there's the expense of childcare. Families typically budget an average of $10,000 a year for childcare, which is more expensive than some in-state tuitions, which averaged just $9,500 a year. I did a little research to find out which states have the most expensive childcare. Washington, D.C. definitely wins. For infants, the childcare cost is $24,243 a year. Massachusetts, it's almost $21,000 a year. And California is nearly $17,000 a year. No wonder the number of working parents is declining. With those kinds of costs, it doesn't make sense for a lot of people to go to work. Working moms with kids under five who left the workforce during the pandemic said that childcare was the primary reason, and 14% of dads who left the workforce said the same. So is there anything working parents can do to make their employers aware of the child care struggles out there? It might be a good idea to start a group for working parents who meet regularly in the company, invite someone from HR or the management team and begin the conversation, discuss child care options in your community, share your ideas and your resources with the other parents and talk. To your employer about the need for flexible work schedules and make your employer aware of the problems in your community. There are some excellent reasons employers should pay attention and listen to their employees and try to help with this problem. 54% of working parents report being distracted at work by childcare issues. In addition, 55% of working parents have missed at least one day this year due to childcare issues. So it's not just the parents who are suffering financially, but it's also the companies because that parent is absent and not doing their job for a day.
1: Let's hear from today's featured guests who has found their niche.
0: I'm here today with Jessica Chang from We Care. We are at Sherm 22. Thank you for being with me, Jessica. Well, thank you for inviting me over. Now tell me a little bit about
2: WeCare and what you do. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's a very complicated, but I'm gonna to try to simplify as much as possible. We are a childcare marketplace. So our mission is to make childcare more accessible for all. And to do so, there's kind of two parts of our marketplace. One side is our provider network, which has over 55,000 small child care providers. The other side of it is actually our employers and subsequently their employees. So from this angle, we help employers create child care benefit programs that are really customized and dedicated to their employees and what their employees need, whether that is backup care, whether that is um, actually, having assistance in finding childcare, to helping them create a stipend so that they can actually, the employers can actually help pay for childcare as well. So
0: there are employers that are starting to offer childcare as a benefit.
2: Correct. Um, I was mentioning in, in my article before was that what we've seen is that it, from a minimum standpoint, less than two percent employers actually offer anything. Um, to the maximum standpoint, it's probably about 7% max.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, what, but what COVID has really showed us is that there was suddenly a need for a bigger focus on care benefits. And so we've seen a significant increase in employers saying, this is a necessary benefit. It's not a nice to have. And this should apply to all my employees, from someone that is top management to someone that goes all the way down to my hourly employees that are really our essential workers that really help to make our company go forward. Right. So
0: when they're offering this benefit, is it fully paid? Do they do a, uh, a partial contribution to the cost of child care?
2: How do they do that? So it's, it's really different. And I think a lot of times it depends on the employers and what they really want to do in this space, Right. So, sometimes employers will come to us and be like, We have more than 90% of our staff are working parents. Many of them are female. And we have an issue retaining them because they don't have childcare. Or they can't show up for work because their childcare drops out. Mm-hmm. So, we try to craft something that works with their budget because we understand companies have different budgets. And sometimes it can get um, really expensive. But what we do is we try to aggregate our information, our data from what their employees actually need. And by doing so, we understand actually who really needs it. And we can actually make employers, well, craft programs for them that really focus on either that subsidizing childcare or creating backup care credits. So it really depends what, what they're trying to achieve or what their biggest pain points are. What's a backup care credit? So it's a backup care credit is usually a paid for uh, like a day of care that is really for emergencies. So this is the situation where an employee comes and goes, I can't come to work today because my usual child care provider closed their doors or um, they're sick and I don't have child care. And so they would actually speak to our care concierge and they'll help them find a backup care solution. That will really make sure that they can actually have consistency at their work while their child's being taken care of.
0: Now, is this primarily in um, more populated cities or does this happen in the rural areas as well? Do you have facilities there too?
2: Yeah, so we have a pretty large network, but
0: 55,000, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> exactly
2: a lot. what I think is really important is when we started as a company, we were always specifically focused on small child care providers and small childcare providers that can provide affordable and accessible care. So that means we were always focused on the rural suburban areas where there was a lack of supply. So we actually convinced people to actually start their own home daycares and help them get licensed. And as a result, they were specifically in residential areas. So they were for that small, like, one to two-block radius of where people would live.
0: What's the average number of children that one of your facilities would accommodate in the course of a day?
2: So we, our small child care providers would, um, if they were licensed home daycare, they would actually have about, on average, 10 to 14 kids.
0: Just one person by themselves, or would you have to have multiple people yeah. to pull that off?
2: Yeah, so usually it's two people, and usually it's like a husband and a wife, a mother and a daughter, or like sisters doing it together. Okay. So a lot of times, um, what you'll see is with our small child care providers, they're actually preschool teachers to start off with, oh. and preschool teachers that make probably minimum wage. Um, in a lot of states, they are the lowest-paid industry out there. And they can't support themselves, but they still love kids. And this is where where our services really come in because we are actually the back-end service providers for our home daycare providers, our child care providers. So we are that business-in-a-box solution for them that allows them to operate that small business and really focus on caring while we focus on the other things that they don't want to focus on.
0: Like... Billing Exactly. Okay.
2: Billing. So you take care of all the money part of it. Yeah. Daily reporting, communications with families. Uh, How do I find those families? Mm -hmm. So we actually push that all through to them. So they can really do what they do best, which is I love playing with kids. I love teaching them. But I don't know how to operate a small business.
0: Okay. Yes. I wish more people would do that because it is such a need, especially in our area.
2: You know, I, we've, we've always been on assumption that the childcare industry has a multitude of pr- problems and issues that they need to solve. But a lot of times people come in and solve one thing, right? How do I help parents? Or how do I help childcare providers? Or how do I help employers? But in reality, to kind of really be able to solve all, you really have to think about all different sides. And that's why when, when we think about our missions, making it accessible for all. So how do you pay providers more? How do you help them operate? How do you help parents find affordable and convenient care? How do you help employers retain and recruit their employees?
0: All right, so there's an article that you've been a part of helping to write, and and your company has researched awesome research in this article. But this is 10 Shocking Statistics About Employers, Working Families, and the Child Care Crisis. So let's just go through these quickly and name what they are. Roughly 10% of childcare programs have closed. That's a lot.
2: Well, <laughs> COVID was drastic to the childcare industry. Just in California alone, we've had more than 30% of our childcare centers close permanently.
0: Oh, wow. And where do those families go? What do they
2: do now? They're struggling. Um, it forced a lot of women out of the workforce. Uh, I believe the stat out there, and this is not coming from us, close to three to five million women left the workforce during COVID and still have, have not returned. What's the main reason? Not having a suitable childcare solution that actually works for them. So when a childcare center closes, what do you do with your kid? You stay home. Yeah. You take care of your own kids. And then you're saying like, well, does that child care center reopen? No, 30% closed permanently. So when you don't have a solution, you continue to stay home. And that puts a lot of stress on the family. It does.
0: On average, parents lose two hours per week of work time or 5% of their work week to distractions about
2: taking care of their children. Yeah. It's a multitude. When I think people think childcare, they're like, well, once I find a permanent childcare provider, that's it. But that's not it. Right? If your permanent childcare provider is out that day, you've got to find that emergency care or you have to balance because so, sometimes facilities are only open from 9 to 3 p.m. So what happens afterwards? You don't work from 9 to 3 p.m. You probably work at least 8 to 9 hours a day. So who takes care of your child after that? And so that's that's the things that we always try to talk about. It's not just finding childcare, it's really managing that childcare experience after you find it too. 55% of working
0: parents have missed at least one full day of work due to childcare issues.
2: Been there, done that, (laughs) got the (laughs) T-shirt. I think we don't have to explain that one. (laughs) Every single parent's like, oh, that's yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's me. That was
0: me last week, right?
2: I think that's what's really important about it. It's like, that's where emergency care, backup child care can really come into place is how do we make sure that everyone has that second solution, that third solution, so that there's consistency for them, and there's also consistency for their children, too.
0: And someplace where the kids feel comfortable, exactly. and they're not getting bounced around to different locations every day. Exactly. Disengaged employees cost U.S. companies up to $555 billion a year but 54% of working parents report being distracted at work due to childcare issues.
2: So I think everyone has gone through COVID where they actually had to work with their child at home. Oh, yes. And it's impossible, right? Your child's hungry, they need they need distractions too. Especially if you have a young kid at home. Can you imagine if you have a three to five-year-old, which are my kids' age, yes. <laughs> and you've got maybe five minutes of putting them in front of a computer, right? And then what happens afterwards? I'm bored. What else do you have for me? So how are parents supposed to concentrate, supposed to do a call when they have children at home? I've, I've talked to a lot of um, employers. I said like, hey, you know, we offered a hybrid work schedule where, where, where parents can actually work from home. And they're like, that's great for parents. Wait, wait, so working at home with your kid at home, that doesn't equal productivity.
0: Right, right. That's, uh, some people were just so thankful when the schools opened back up. It was like,
2: oh, yay, I get to send them back to school. Oh, We, we say this all the time, that for working families, the weekend is not relaxation. Oh, no. The weekend is worse for this us, Monday's up. better.
0: Right, right. You get to go back to work and rest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> The cost of childcare has led to a 13% decline in the employment of mothers.
2: That's a, I mean, what ends up happening is, let's say you have a, just a, a regular family, right? And they'll wait, whether that's your partners together or like girl, girl, guy, guy, or girl and guy, you start weighing out the cost, right? And and what ends up happening is, as childcare becomes more expensive, at some point there's a tipping point that says, well, I don't make enough money, and everything that I make goes to childcare, and I don't get to spend time with my kid. Why don't I just stay at home? The cost of childcare has gone astronomical, and and it's for good reason, too. Usually it's to pay teachers more, but it's a vicious cycle, right? Well, how do you pay teachers more? You raise tuition. Well then how can people afford childcare if you raise tuition? Well then how can you pay providers more? So that's why we actually work with employers on this because employers can actually help pay for that cost of childcare, which makes them more affordable families. So they stay at work, and then at the same time, providers are still made whole. And so they
0: want to work because with the crisis right now, with the labor shortage, it is so difficult to find people. So if you can offer anything as a differentiator to get those working moms or dads back into your company, that can make a big difference for the company and for those parents that want to continue their careers.
2: Exactly. And you know we're here at SHERM and we're talking about it. And people are coming to us and saying, I've got to solve this because I want to retain my best workers. But how can I? Right. How can I if I'm not solving one of the biggest issues for them, which is
0: care? 35% of new parents who choose not to return to work after parental leave felt their childcare options were unsafe. Ugh. Speaking personally, I remember taking my daughter to a place where she just cried and cried and cried that whole night. And we were never sure what happened, but we didn't take her back we took her then we found our our yeah. long term child care yeah. provider wonderful woman. She raised all of my children, and there was never, they, the kids always wanted to go there on the weekends. They were like, oh, are we going to Rhonda's today? And I'd say, well, no, you get to stay home with mom.
2: Well, no, I want to go see all my friends at Rhonda's. <laughs> So But that's, that's the thing. When you, when we live in a society where we have a child care desert, which means for, and actually this happens to one out of three families, by the way, you really don't have any choices. So I, we've heard families really say to us like, well, I just need something that I can afford that's close to me. So what about quality? Well, if I put that into the equation, I might not have any options. So we've created a society where sometimes the only option is a low-quality provider. And a lot of times that affects low-income families the most. And that's why... Really when you're thinking about child care solution, you've got to think about providers too. Well, why are providers leaving the industry Well, they're not paid enough? So for us, it was really a, about that point is, well, we got to get the quality ones to actually be willing to stay. And if the quality ones stay and you're paying providers more money because you get employers to help, then more people will actually want to come back and stay. And actually then you can start increasing the quality of providers. Seventy-seven percent
0: of parents consider family friendliness and child care benefits their top
2: priorities when searching for a new employer. Well now we're definitely hearing a lot more and so are employers. So we work with a lot of employers to help them create that child care benefit program where to them it's about how do I recruit? And we're seeing employers fight for that. So that's the great part because it's, it's it ends up being a benefit to all employees out there. And thank God, finally. And we're really being able to see that where employers are saying, well, I need help recruiting all employees. How can I do that? Well, that's an easy one. Let's help you craft that best child care benefit program so that you can recruit and then retain them as well.
0: Is there anything else, Jessica, that that you want to talk about, that you feel passionate about, that you want to leave
2: people with? I think when we think about childcare, uh, we always tell people, like, really think holistically what the solution can be um, and really trying to understand your employees, right? And that's hard. And that's where we, we do so much education on that because the biggest question we get is, like, what is a childcare benefit program? Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing is to ask the question. So for employers, ask the question, what is it? Get educated on it. Because a lot of times it's a lot more affordable to give to your employees than you might think. And I'll give a perfect example of that. You lose an employee. We we already know the stat. To replace that employee, it's about 20% of the cost of their annual salary. Good point. Offer them $200 stipend for a $50,000 employee you can literally offer that stipend for four years. That's a big difference.
0: Huge difference. And that might be long enough to get the child
2: into school, so it won't be an issue for the parent anymore. Exactly. We consistently hear, well, I need a good-paying job to pay for childcare, But in order to get that good-paying job, I need child care. Yes. We're really trying to break that cycle.
0: Well, thank you for being here with us. Could you tell us how people can reach out to you and learn more about We Care and learn more about you online? Yeah.
2: So people can go to wecare.co. So W-E-E-C-A-R-E dot C-O. <laughs> oh boy, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but if you are an employer, for example, you can just email benefits at wecare.co. W-E-E-C-A-R-E dot C-O.
0: Very good. Thank you for being here with me today, Jessica. Thank you again for inviting us and
2: have a great time at Sherm. Thank you. You too.
1: We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, more career advice and stories from your host, Lori Cole.
0: This two-minute tell-all is called What's in Your Desk? A human resource manager told me that he had to terminate one of his office employees The employee just wasn't engaged in his work, and he was missing a lot of work. So after the HR manager broke the news, he said that they would be happy to clear out his desk, put all of his personal belongings in a box so the employee didn't have to go back, put everything in a box, and do the walk of shame out the door. But the HR manager asked if there was anything valuable in the desk that the employee needed. And he said, yeah, we we really need to go back to my desk. When they got there, the employee took out the key to the bottom drawer and there were piles of cash stored, about $10,000 to be exact. The employee explained that he was going through a divorce and this cash was going to get him through the next few months. What do you want to bet that the soon-to-be ex-wife had no clue about this stash of cash?
1: Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.cole at ihire.com. Thanks for listening.